Good afternoon. Welcome back to Faith FM. You are here with Chap on Bethany for The Marriage Project, where we talk about... Biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. Sorry, I totally thought you were going to say the whole thing. and just I thought just thought I'd share it around. You did. Thank yep. you for sharing. So nice. Sharing is caring. It's an important part of marriage. But it's not what we're talking about today. No. Today. today we are <laughs> um, carrying on from what we thought was going to be one episode of The Marriage Project, but it turns out it's actually two because it was a much bigger topic than we realised, and that's the topic of boundaries. Now, last week we covered specifically the idea of creating a boundary around your marriage to protect it from other things. Yes. But we never talked about boundaries within the marriage. And I said this could be a little bit controversial, not because it's actually controversial, but just more because it like, it brings up ideas of, well, why would they, why would you have boundaries within your marriage? Mm. Biblically, don't two become one flesh. Why would you need to create any sort of like, is this even biblical? Is this okay? Are we allowed to talk about this? <laughs> yes, exactly. But the more you learn about boundaries, the more you realize that it's important to have both boundaries and space in a relationship. And that's an important part of what it means to be in a relationship. You need to be able to provide warmth and care and love to the other person, but you also still need to not lose your sense of self. Yep. Yeah, which is really important. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so where are we going? That's where we're at. Um, did we want to recap on any of the things that we talked about last week to give people a picture of sort of like what happened and where we are? Are we just going to go let's, straight into the next Let's do a turbo bit? recap. Turbo recap? Yep. Turbo recap. I don't know how to do that. Like, talk really, really, really fast. <laughs> sure. So, we talked about our boundaries important in marriage, and we talked about if you've got forgiveness and grace, and if you're being a servant, and you're trying to not be selfish, and you're trying to follow after the heart of Jesus, should you have boundaries? What did we reckon about that? Yes. Yes, you should, because boundaries allow you to be generous to another person, because otherwise you get filled with, what kind of emotions do you get filled with when you feel like your boundaries are being taken advantage of? Um, uh, I can't remember the words we used, but... Um, Angry? Yep. Resentful? <laughs> yeah. Tired? You feel like a bit of a slave? Yeah, robbed. Feel, yeah. You feel taken from. Yeah. Taken advantage of? Not valued. Yes. And do you want to feel that way? Do you want to direct those kind of emotions towards your spouse and the person that God's given you to love in your life? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked about a book, Cold Boundaries, by a guy called Henry Cloud, and he said you want to get the boundaries of a three-year-old in your life. He said you need to have the ability to be emotionally close to and attached to somebody else without giving up a sense of your freedom. You need to be able to say no without being afraid of losing love. And you need to be able to take an appropriate no from somebody else without sulking, having a tantrum, or withdrawing emotionally. Mm. And that that's where you want to be at as a balanced and a whole and a differentiated human being. You want to yep. feel calm and okay and good. And otherwise, yeah, your boundaries aren't that great if you're not feeling those things. Yep. And we, we talked a lot about the, the family unit that you become once you are married. We did. That you are new. And I went on a bit of a rant did about... You? um about in-laws encroaching on the the new family. That's right. Yep. Yes. And so we talked about how in Genesis, whenever there is a new couple, whenever there is a new marriage, right from when God invented marriage, God wanted to make it so that you're a new family unit. You leave your old family and you cleave to your new spouse and you become one, you become a new thing together. And we talked about who's allowed to be in your marriage and you did. You went on a rant about in-laws. Yeah. Was it in-laws? 
Oh, it was anyone. Anyone. But a lot of the time, yeah, it was in-laws. Because that's usually in our work, when we work with couples and they're talking about issues they're having with family, it's usually the the in-laws, the mother-in-law, the father-in-law that are struggling to come to grips with the fact that their child is now an adult and is starting a new family that is different to their family. Yes. Um, That's right. So, So, but before we move on to the next thing, though, there was this quote that you shared last week that I thought just summed up the whole thing really cool, and it was the um, Barack Obama's mum one. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. It was Barack Obama's auntie once said to him, um, it's- If everybody is family. If everybody is family, nobody's family. family. If everybody's invited, nobody's invited. Yeah. Is that what it was? And doors doors create rooms. Um, Um, Yes. So, if you want to- yeah, oh, I can't. I'm saying oh, it really badly. Yeah, no, sorry. But yeah, it was basically that. like the idea that um, if if everybody's family, nobody's family. You need to have boundaries to create what to you want to create. What is special? Yeah. Otherwise, there's no purpose. There's no intentionality. There's no specialness because everybody can be a part of that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So let's jump into part two. Part two. So the next. I guess after your in-laws, people that you can invite into your marriage unintentionally would be your kids. Yes. Yes. Sometimes kids are invited in unintentionally. (laughs) (laughs) Other times intentionally. As in like intentionally or unintentionally having children. (laughs) Like surprise babies. Surprise. (laughs) It's a baby. We never call them mistakes. We call them surprises. We do because they're a blessing and a gift, but sometimes a surprise. Yeah. so, children are not supposed to be a part of your marriage. Your marriage is supposed to be its own separate unit, its own separate subsystem, if you will. And so, within your family, you've got the parents as a system and then the kids as a system. And you have relationships with your kids, but they're not in the parenting relationship. Yeah, they're okay. not in the marriage relationship either. And so, when a child becomes a parent or when a child takes on the emotional responsibility that a spouse should have, that's when you get a really complicated enmeshed family situation. Yeah. 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 So, children do disturb the balance in your relationship, right? Can you remember what it was like bringing a newborn home? Yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. They consume your entire life and they're so small. Yeah. And I also, the, the life that we had pre-children was gone forever. Forever. It was, like, it was like a grieving and a rebirth of a whole new life. and, and Beautiful and, and wonderful and awesome, but Yeah, still. but spontaneity and even the ability to, like, have a shower or go to the bathroom by yourself became a whole other thing. And so then your relationship took on a new form as well and was kind of like that caterpillar coming out of the chrysalis and trying to figure out who am I and how do I use these wings? How do I use, how do I figure out my life? How do I create space and time for my spouse? So, in one of my textbooks that I recently had for college, there was a really great example of something that a therapist said to us. For college? Yeah. Don't you have a degree already? I do. I do, but I'm doing a graduate certificate. Okay. In counselling, so cool. I'm learning a couple of things. And it's actually not college anymore. It's Avondale University now. They've yep. got university status, which it's is pretty It's always going to be college in my heart because that's what we went through. But anyway. It's like it's really hard to lose those old names for things. Yeah. <laughs> my mum still does it for things that existed like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, in one of my textbooks, there was an example of a marriage couple therapy. And the therapist said to the wife, when did you divorce Bob and marry the children? She turned quiet, looked off into space, and she said softly, probably 10 years ago. 
And that really, that example just made me go, wow, how many of us do that? Yeah. And it could be the husband or it could be the wife. And I think typically because children are so needy towards their mother as the often primary caregiver it tends to in, uh, yeah, sort of a nuclear family become the mother, but it can be both. It can be either way. Yeah. And look, I think you need to just sort of unpack this idea a bit more because it could be a bit confronting for people. It is. It's huge. Um, not only from their own experience, but also just from the aspect that, um, what do you mean? Like you have kids, but you don't love them properly. Just saying, so you don't ruin your marriage. Is that what you're suggesting? That we no. have kids when we just sort of, <laughs> sort of keep them locked away and we interact Lock with them, them from time to stairs. time. No. <laughs> no. You know, because we're going to protect our marriage at all costs. So what do you, like, so children where, where are you going? Uh, part of your family, but they are not part of your marriage. And that's the point. Yes. Yep. And so the idea is that children and parents, they can eat together, play together, they can share so many activities in their lives, but there are some things that spouses do that children don't do. And that's an important part of what it means to be a family because husbands and wives need to be a loving couple separate from their children and they need to function separate from their children. Our kids often say to me, Mom, do you love me more or Dad? And I'm like, I love you very much and I would do anything for you, but I have to love Daddy more than you because when you grow up and when you get bigger and when you go away, because that's what kids do, I have to love Daddy even then. And I think that's a really important way to look at it yep. is that on the other side of kids, there's us. And before kids, there's us. And that's how God made marriage to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think there's more we can say on that point, but we'll pick it up again after the break. All right. Stay tuned here on Faith FM. Right away, while the world is sound asleep and too afraid of what might show up while you're dreaming. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you. Nobody, nobody will believe it And every day you try to pick up all the pieces All the memories, they somehow never leave you Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe it God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you but there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you But God only knows the real you There's a kind of love that God only knows There's a kind of love that there's a kind of love You keep a cover over every single secret So afraid if someone saw them they would leave Somebody, somebody, somebody sees you Somebody, somebody will never leave you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through Misunderstood and the ones to blame What if we 
find you. God only knows how to break through. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. Take Faith FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're here with Bethany and Chapo on The Marriage Project. And today we have been talking about boundaries within your family. And we're going to move shortly to actually within your marriage and between the spouses, what boundaries are healthy and what boundaries aren't. Um, we've been talking about the reality of the fact that kids become part of our family and can easily demolish some of the boundaries that need to exist around the married couple as well, purely by their neediness and their, you know, <laughs> their <laughs> non-respecter of other people's needs or space. Um, our oldest child is approaching 10 and is struggling to uh, to go to bed at the same time as the younger girls. And I am grieving the fact that soon we will lose that special time that we get after eight o'clock on the nights that I'm home when the children are asleep and it's just us. Mm. And I guess it's that... Um I don't know, for lack of a better word, like a like a dance. Like you've got to figure out, okay, well, this step has been taken that way. What step do I take in the other direction? Um, now that she's moving into that space that used to be our space, then where do we then move to continue to create that space that exists but in a different format? And that's, I guess, the challenging part of growing with your children yeah. as a couple. We're already getting up at five in the morning. Do we have to get up <laughs> earlier than that so we can <laughs> hang out together before the kids wake up? Is that what you're suggesting? Mabes, yeah. Oh, man. Have to like not um, accidentally fall back asleep on the couch after I get up at five in yeah, the morning. I know. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's trying to figure out, and it, it might be that you need to get babysitters and take a date night. It might be that you need to call in a favour with the, a friend. I'll clean your bathroom if you look after my kids for an hour so that I can, you know, it, it depends on what your situation looks like. And I also want to acknowledge that even talking about, um, kids and the separateness of your marriage from your kids, um, not every family looks the same as well. Not every set of parents are parenting children that are both theirs. Not every adult has a spouse that they're with, but they've got children in their family. And so your family dynamic might look completely different to ours. And and both of us grew up in family dynamics that look different to the family that we, we very much have a nuclear family now. Yeah. We did not growing up. Yeah. And yep. that's almost a challenge on its own, trying to figure out, how do I do this? <laughs> this is too normal. I, I don't know what how it works. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, moving along. Yes. Boundaries in the marriage relationship specifically. Is this in conflict with the idea that when God formed Eve and said that they would be partnered together, that they would become one flesh and the two became one? Yeah. Is, so, is this war against that? Is this an unbiblical teaching that you're about to... Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good question. So, does two becoming divulge. one flesh mean that you don't have any boundaries? That's a great question. Are you supposed to be one all the time or is there space for separateness? How does that work? Am I you? Are we interchangeable? Can I answer your phone and people expect to talk to you but they can talk to me and then that's acceptable? Or if you make an appointment to go out for lunch with a friend and I show up instead of you, is that... Okay, because we're one, so it's legit. If you can, I show up to work instead of you. No, 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 it would be weird. So there uh, is yeah. definitely an element of separateness as well as togetherness, and um, that one flesh also has ideas around sexuality and intimacy yep. in a couple relationship as well, and the fact that 
to be honest, your sex life, nobody else is invited into. It's a special gift from God that is between the man and the woman together exclusively. Yeah. 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 Theologically, that statement, to become one flesh, there's two major overtones. Obviously, the first one you just mentioned is sexuality. That's a big overtone in the two becoming one flesh. There's also the uniqueness of marriage where you actually partake in what is divine in the same way that that God is one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We us it's like a, a mirror a mirror image or something of that closeness, that that intimacy that that we hopefully can see. Yeah. In God. That's yeah. that's the idea in that. Um but you've got to remember that it's an idea. Mm. It's it's like we didn't get married and then there wasn't some special ceremony where we became sort of glued together and we become this like four armed, four legged, double headed freakish, <laughs> toxic crusader type vibe. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's not what happens. So, we've got to be careful when we take these ideas and actually think, oh, okay, so I think this is what it means, but what does it really mean? How can I apply this biblically and correctly and also practically? Yes, I get that. Yeah, so it's yeah. like we become a we like God is a we, but we don't become actually like the Trinity, like it's still different. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. still separate and different to that. Yes, exactly. So, it's really important to have boundaries around me versus us. It's really important as a couple to have those boundaries because you need to ask the question, where do I end and you begin? Or the other way around, where do you end and I begin? And it's just a really important part of the fact that we need to have both togetherness and separateness. And that that can work different in different relationships because different individual people have different intimacy needs, have different closeness needs. Some people want to be hugged a lot. Some people want to hold hands. Some people want to cuddle when they're in bed together. Some people would like to have 45 minutes every single day at the gym all by themselves where they don't talk to or look at anybody because that's what they need to feel themselves. Some people need to go out with their girlfriends once a week or whatever it is. Different people have different needs for separateness, togetherness and apartness. And that that's something you've got to navigate as a couple as well yeah. by considering your partner as well as considering yourself. Something what? I often talk to, having someone who's had significant mental health struggles in the past and, you know, it's always an ongoing uh, consideration, right? When I relate to myself and when I talk to other people who are, come to me for counsel and stuff like that, particularly if they're married, I, I say that what you're going through is really hard and it's and it's a challenge and you're not the first person to face this, but you also need to make the decisions that are going to make you the best person that you can be, not just for you, but for the person that you're married to as well. Um, and I'm just thinking about that from a mental health perspective. Like sometimes that space that you need to create is so that your marriage is better. Mm. It's not yeah. selfish. It's not um, divisive. It's not exclusive. It's helpful. It's yeah. It's um, therapeutic. Yeah. So, in terms of therapy, a person who's got good boundaries, who can be separate and can also be in an intimate relationship is a person who's got good differentiation. So, it means we can be together, we can be separate, we have a healthy boundary between us. A person whose boundaries are too close is called an enmeshed person or an enmeshed relationship. Um, So, couples that look like that might be too close, not have separate friends, constantly call each other when they are apart don't do independent activities together. And more than that, when they do do something that is not together, one partner might make the other one feel ashamed or afraid of being away from the other person. Okay. So, too, too close. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then the opposite of that, Ooh, which, is, <laughs> which is also what you don't want, is your boundaries are too rigid, almost like there's a wall without a gate in it in between you. 
that you're like, you've got two separate schedules, you've got two separate lives, you've got separate bedrooms, separate holidays, separate finances, separate friendships. You're more invested in all of the other things, separate pursuits, than you are in your marriage and being a couple. Yeah. Okay. So and both of those are not healthy pictures. So either too close or too far apart is not where we want to be in marriage. And just as in so many things in life, it's one of these areas where there is no clear cut line in the sand. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of like, not enough is unhealthy. Too much is unhealthy. How do we find that sweet spot in the middle where we function great as a couple, but also are independent enough to be the best person that we can be and show up? That's it. Together. And yeah. part of being married is the the ironing out of that, the juggling, the wrestling of of the give and take of what your needs are as an individual and what your needs are as a couple together. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But boundaries are really important because they help you to establish safety. They help you feel safe, valued, and respected in a relationship. And again, if you don't feel safe, valued, and respected, you get that resentment, anger, bitterness. And those are the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. We really want our spouse to have peace and patience and love and gentleness, self-control, and to have joy. And so we need to cultivate in ourselves the ability to give them space as well as have our own boundaries so that they can grow and feel safe and value and loved in their relationship and respected. Yeah. 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 And I think I think a big part of it as well to find that middle ground is to work on establishing the boundaries together. Mm. That it's not just you saying, okay, here's my list of demands. These are what I <laughs> will and won't do. Um, suck it up. Like, <laughs> like that's, you know, but to say, hey, these, I feel like I could be a better man if I had this space and um, – I didn't involve myself in this at this time of the day, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, is this something we can work with so that I can be thriving yeah. in our marriage? And, well, I guess that, that list of demands idea is having boundaries at the expense of somebody else. So you have to surrender your boundaries so that I can have mine, which isn't what marriage is about. A marriage is about the give and the take and yeah. both finding the, the, how they can meet uh, one another. I think needs. last week I went on a rant a bit as well about like some, some bad – because we've talked about how there's good boundaries and bad boundaries, mm-hmm. um, and that's in all aspects of life. We looked at – biblically, there was bad boundaries that excluded Gentiles from – communion with God in the temple and stuff like that. And so there could be bad boundaries in any part of life. And, you know, I could take on a very, you know, traditional macho persona in our relationship and be like, I do not iron because it will lessen my manliness. (laughs) I do not vacuum. I only chop wood and change (laughs) the oil on the car. You must do everything else. Yeah, which... I guess in a, in a earlier radio show, we talked about the idea of being a team together in your marriage. And it's very much that approach of coming to life and thinking, how can I have boundaries, feel safe and respected, but also have my partner's best interests in mind? Because it's not all about getting what I want. Marriage isn't about going to somebody and taking what you need. Marriage is about sharing a life together and moving forward together. That's right. Well, it's time for us to take a break. You can throw us to a break this time. All right. See you guys after the break. <laughs> Wake up, little Isaac. Rub your tired eyes. Go and kiss your mama. We'll be gone a little while. Come and walk beside me. Come and hold your papa's hand. I go to make an altar and to offer up my lamb. 
waited on the Lord, and in a waking dream he came, riding on a wind across the sand. He spoke my name, and here I am. I whispered, and I waited in the dark, and the answer was a sword that came down hard upon my heart. And the Lord, I will obey. Lord, help me. I don't know the way. Mountain, please make another way. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project. Turns out I'm not that great at sending you guys off before a break um, and that I should have been like had more cool stuff to say and I didn't. What is what are some cool things to say when you go to a break? Bro, maybe I need um, like some some tips and training from chaps. Oh, maybe we could do that off air. <laughs> like maybe, maybe that's like a before we start little uh, session that we could do. Okay. I don't know if many people are going to find it enjoyable. Like yeah. some basic radio communication one hundred and one stuff. One hundred and one. So. <laughs> yeah, basic. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We've like we've each got our strengths, yep. and that's an important part of marriage. Is that different people have different strengths and bring different aspects of their awesomeness to the marriage, and then you work together because you're a team, right? And we're a team, and you are the guy who makes the breaks happen, and you do a great job of it. I'm the guy who watches the clock. I can't even see the clock right now. Yep, that's how good I am at is the that, clock. Is that like right now, or is that like a metaphor for your whole life? Both. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm, my inner compass is broken, and I think my inner clock is also broken. Yeah. And I've been working on it, and I I don't know what happened. I don't know where you get one from. If you grow them, if you're born with them, if you develop them, 
The struggle is real. If anyone knows out there, um, you can write in to Faith FM with advice for Bethany. <laughs> advice for Bethany. It can be like a new column. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So back to before the break, we were talking about boundaries in marriage. We were talking about how it's a dance of finding your separateness needs as well as finding your togetherness needs as a couple. And that you didn't want to be too separate and you didn't want to be too close. You want to find that middle ground. And it's a challenge. It's a, well, you know, I always think that marriage is the work of a lifetime and it's working out over your lifetime, being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus, your own salvation, your relationship with Christ. You, you get to practice all of the fruits of the spirit by having a spouse. Like God doesn't just give you patience miraculously. He gives you your partner who is always late. For example, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Got so many stories of lateness. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Because I grew up in a family that was late for everything, so I rebelled against that as soon as I moved out of home by being so early for everything, like twenty minutes early for everything. Like if I wasn't early, I was late. You know what I mean? Um, being on time was was way late, and then and then we got married, and I had to sort of. Just navigate that world all over again. All of that chaos. And for that, I apologize. But it's worth it, you know? Well, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, it's almost like I'm too optimistic and I just can't figure out how long it takes to get things done. I think that's actually, you've nailed it. You're yeah. like too optimistic about what is achievable in a space yeah. of time. Like, I'm like, You're yes. like, I've got half an hour. I should yes, have a I shower can. and- feed the dog and mow the lawn and, and not that you do that, but you know, like you think you, all this stuff you can fit in there and then drive, do a 45 minute drive all in the space of half an hour. Yeah. I think I'm just like, yes, I can. But yep. the reality is no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you want to know the next things that boundaries help you have in a relationship? No. Oh, okay. oh no. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, cool. Do you want to change the topic of today's show? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me what it is. <laughs> okay. The next thing that you can have. Because you've got healthy boundaries in your relationship is you can have growth. People who feel safe and secure and experience love can also have deeper love and growth in their relationship. So if you feel unsafe in your relationship, if you don't know what to expect, if you're always trying to assess the danger of your relationship, if you're always trying to bring your partner closer or push your partner away or feel like your relationship is on the rocks, how are you going to grow? How are you going to deepen your love? You can't because yeah. you're in a state of turmoil. Does that make sense? So yeah, it does. you need that healthy place to be growing and moving forward together. I got a good Bible verse for you. Are you ready? I love Bible verses. Okay. Would you like to find it or shall I find it? I'll, I'll find it. Because you're faster than me? Yep. Yeah, because I'm too optimistic and That's I was like, right. yes, I can talk about this stuff <laughs> and find the Bible verse. It's Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. If you have a Bible and you're listening along, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. And it's one that you may already know and you may not even realize that it's in the Bible because this is one that a lot of different um, sayings have sort of loosely come out of, would you say? Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it finds its way into almost every major world religion in one yeah, way or another. Yes. That's right. It is this. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets, a.k.a. the golden rule. The golden rule. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. And I think that's a really good place to start thinking about boundaries in marriage is how would you like to be treated 
And how can you treat your spouse in a way that you would like to be treated? Isn't that a lovely way to think about being married? It is. I remember when we were dating. When like, we were no. dating at college, and I remember like I was just I had really sore shoulders, and I was just like, oh, I hope I can get like a neck rub out of Bethany. So I gave you the longest neck rub I could because I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm just putting in the work because I like I I really need it in return. And then you were like, oh, I don't really feel like it. I was so sad. <laughs> Like, I was just um, like, it was like a, I don't know if you know this, it was like a pivotal moment. I was just like, oh, what am I doing? Did you think you should have broken up with me? It was like, maybe this woman isn't wife material. I've and now you have to live with me and I really don't enjoy doing massages. No. I'm like, pay for that. <laughs> I know, what a sad, horrible wife. <laughs> yes, like- <laughs> no, you're great. <laughs> I'm just not like a massage person. Yeah. I would rather like outsource and <laughs> or just never receive a massage. <laughs> I'm sorry that that happened. I had no idea. Right. Just, I was just trying to apply that verse to our marriage, and that's what that's well, the first thing that came that, up. That's the reality as well. Like we should treat people the way that we want to be treated. But if we're treating people with generosity and kindness and love, Without in a way a to receive something back, is that really what service is about? No, is that really what generosity and right. kindness is about? <laughs> no, it's it's. I think a struggle no, a is that point. we are used to things always being an exchange. We're used to things always being worth something or receiving a reward for something and being a give and take for something. And yet that's not what grace is actually about. And so grace is a really important part of our marriages too, is that not only should we be treating someone the way that we want to be treated, we should be giving generously without expecting something in return as well. Yeah. Would you say? I would say. I would say yes. And and also, like, don't not coming to our partner with an expectation of taking from them, with an expectation of how can I serve them and love them, Make, in, yeah, improve yeah. their experience of life because that is Christ likeness. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now you've succeed successfully made me feel like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was I wasn't trying to because I think that that's also an important thing as well is that sometimes we want to show the other person how we want to be treated and it doesn't always end up well for us. Yeah, it doesn't always work And out. maybe that was a circumstance in which instead of giving me a massage, which I probably didn't even appreciate that much. Because I'm too could, rough. You could have asked for one and I probably would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> but so. just making um, – so, okay, I, I really – What are we talking about here? <laughs> massage. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> a really good way of – expressing your needs to your partner, whether or not they say yes or no, that's their choice. But a great way of expressing our needs isn't by giving unclear messages that are secret massages that we may or may hope to get in return, but to have things like I statements, I feel, I want, I need. To be clear is to be kind to our partner. So to say, I feel sore. I would really appreciate a massage is yep. probably better. Yep. And you, you know, we were young, we didn't communicate well, but those I statements, and if you haven't, don't practice or you're not used to asking for your needs to be met, I statements are a really helpful way to not put pressure on your partner, but to give them room to say yes or no, but to still be clear about what it is that you want to need. I couldn't agree more. I think that's incredibly important and that's all part of assertive communication. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do premarital counselling, I do a whole thing on assertiveness and and being able to be an active listener and yep. how the two work together. But um, being assertive in the way you speak and using I statements eliminates the need to say, wouldn't you just know? 
Yes. And that's a thing. You're not assuming your partner can read your mind. That's right. And there's something we hear a lot from people when they're like, oh, well, he did this or she didn't do this. But wouldn't you just realize that that was the right thing to do? Or wouldn't you just like naturally know that that's how you were supposed to respond? And you hear that all the time. The woulds and the shoulds and the coulds. Wouldn't you just? Yeah. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Like, oh, he should be doing this anyway. I shouldn't have to ask. Those sorts of things aren't helpful because- your partner can't read your mind. There may be, maybe give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they forgot. That's oh, maybe okay they grew up different to you and don't realize that that's something that you think is normal or important. Maybe they think I didn't care about that. I didn't realize you did. Anyway, so we're going to stop rambling have we? Um, and we're going to take a break. Okay, and let's let's try to spin this around. Spin it around when we come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, we're taking a short break. Stick with us here on Faith FM. Dear compadres, this is Robbie Morgan, and if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Faith FM. Welcome back to The Marriage Project. Before the break, if you were with us, Chapo and I were talking about a miscommunication that we had early on in our dating experience. And we were talking about how 
over time we've become more secure and better at communicating our needs to one another. But it's something that's definitely been a challenge for us because we grew up in a family context where we didn't really communicate our needs very well or learn how to be clear and establish boundaries. And this episode and last week we were talking about how to have boundaries in your marriage and having boundaries between you is really important because you're not the same. You didn't grow up the same. You don't think the same. You have two completely different backgrounds, ideas, beliefs and brains going on in your head. Now, something that's kind of cool to remember that kind of, I guess, brings relief to you as a couple, or at least it did to me, is that John Gottman says that 69% of marital conflict is fundamentally unfixable. You can't fix it. There's 69% of the stuff that drives you nuts, that you fight about, that really gets your goat. You can't fix it. What does that mean, gets your goat? (laughs) I don't know. It just makes you angry. Is that what it means? I don't know. I don't have a goat. I don't have a goat Um, either. If you want to take it. Take it, you can't, because I don't even have a goat. Um, if you're I, selling goats, uh, once again, you can let us know here. <laughs> I, would I, love, I would actually love a goat. I know. A little one, not oh, a big that'd one. That would be great, because I wouldn't have to mow the lawn as often. Anyway, get your goat. So, 69, 69% of That's the right. conflict that you will have in your marriage, you will have in your marriage till the day your marriage Yeah, from ends. when you start to when yep. you finish. Um, the Gottman Institute says that 69% of marital conflict is stuff that you can't actually fix. And so the- We've said this before. We used to fight about the same stuff we fought about in our first year of marriage. That's right, because there are fundamental parts of ourself that are very resistant to change, that we don't want to change, and we may not ever change about ourselves, whether or not we are single, married, living in the wilderness, living with our nan, we're not going to change those parts of ourselves. I would and love to so- live in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> so acknowledging that, that, hey- the reason why this fight keeps coming back up again for us might be because this is something that we can't agree on. But what we can do is understand one another, understand one another's points of view, find a way to work around it, find a system that works for us, love each other anyway. And so I wanted to spend a bit of time thinking about communication and how do we communicate in our marriage so that we can be kind to one another, that we can be clear and we can have good communication and conflict because that's an important part of negotiating those boundaries, what I need, what you need, what we need together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important. It really is. And being willing to do that and face yourself and learn that. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that even we talk about here, and it's really triggering for me. It's really confronting. There's stuff that particularly that you've uncovered from your research and stuff like that that just makes me think about the way that I behave, why I behave that way, stuff about childhood trauma and all this sort of stuff, and it's horrible. Yeah. And it's tough, but it's really important. The more that we learn to communicate better, to engage in conflict better and stuff like that is important if we really love our spouse. Mm. If I really love you, I need to make sure that I can communicate more clearly, um, that we don't just retreat to our natural defense mechanisms, that we don't just retreat to our natural um, whatever is normal to us. You know, we have to invest in ourselves so that we can love our spouse better. Yes, and I just want to put a bit of a caveat out there as well. If you are a person who is not a very good, a very well-boundaried person, if you are a person who has any kind of um, childhood adversity, abuse, neglect, um, you might need some extra help in establishing those boundaries, figuring out how to communicate those boundaries, figuring out how to say what you want without being afraid of losing love and that's something that you can't necessarily always do just the two of you and you might need to see a therapist about as well. Yep. Yeah. 
Which we totally recommend. Which I totally recommend. And if you want to get in touch with your pastor and say, who's a good Christian therapist that I can see in my area, yeah. and they will hook you up. Yeah, you know what? I wish, like, I would love to remove some of the shame around that. Like, I wish it was something we celebrated. Like, I would love it if it was a church. Like, hey, everyone, this couple here, they've just signed up for some marriage counselling, and we all cheered for them because <laughs> it was just like, yeah, they're investing in their relationship. How cool. They're going to have better lives together. They're going to be happier. Their sex lives are going to be better. They're going to um, communicate better. They're going to be less angry with their children or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, they're I wish that we raise, saw it yeah. as something that we could celebrate and be like, yeah, hey, look, they've just made a big investment in their family. How cool is that? They're going to raise stable, secure, that, emotionally capable If I children. tried to do that yeah. at church, I would be in big trouble <laughs> um, because of the shame. And knowing that 69% of that conflict isn't fixable, you might need to seek therapy to be able to work through some of those roadblocks in your marriage. Sure. Um, because sometimes we just either learn to live around them, avoid them, or don't deal with them, and that's not healthy either. So... Again, those I statements and being clear about what we need is kind. Clear is kind. I feel, I want, I need. And then the second part of saying what you need is also, on the other hand, have you got your partner's best interest in mind or are you just trying to win? Yeah. Sometimes we play fact tennis with one another as couples and we're just swinging facts over the fence to each other to try and win and not ever actually having our partner's best interests in mind, not actually thinking about who they are, what's important to them, do I love them, are they okay, or am I trying to win? And there's a difference, and I think that's really important. Oh, I think it's huge. Um, yeah. Like, I can think of a time where there was a there was a there an event of conflict, right? And there was a group of people who were trying to talk something over and, and sort it out, and instead of being actively engaged in listening, people were taking notes of things other people said so that they could refute that thing next and um, have and have their get their arguments in line so that, you know, because like, you know, it, it was, I guess it was a bit of a debate in a sense, but we don't debate in our marriage. Like, like it's not part of our vows that we will debate well <laughs> against one another. And I think that's where the whole active listening is really important yeah. because if you have to actively listen and have we even talked about what active listening is? No. Maybe we should. Um, means that I'm not just building up ammunition and thinking of my next argument to throw back at you. I have to let you know that I've understood how you feel Yeah, and why you feel that way because huge part of conflict is just feeling like you haven't been heard or understood. Yeah. and so you, you don't. Went- you're not listening to me. Yeah. You don't know how I feel and I feel really yuck and all you care about is saying why that's not your fault, but I just want you to know this hurts me. Yeah, and the more that you feel unheard, the louder you get, and then the more you just become defensive to one another. It just escalates. It's not helpful. So hearing the other person and feeding back what they said to you so that they can know that you actually heard them. And in a nutshell, that's what active listening is. It's, yeah. it's when you say, look, I feel really devalued when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, so I'm hearing that, like, when I fail to do these things, it actually, it, it hurts you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it hurts, makes you feel less than, you know, it's that idea as opposed to just being like, well, what do you expect me to do? I only have this much time mm-hmm. and it, you might not actually be able to change the thing that you do, but at least you've recognized what it does to the other person. And, and sometimes and like if you are responsible, taking responsibility and going, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you. Feel that way. I didn't know that when I, I did those things, it, it actually hurt you so much. I yeah. just thought you were being a jerk. I exactly. thought you were being a whinger. Mm. 
So some of those hot button areas where you can have that communication and conflict around in your marriage might be personal time and space. So you really need in a, in a marriage to have a chance to miss each other. And sometimes you have different intimacy needs to your partner and one partner's like, I really need space. And the other partner's like, I really need togetherness. Mm. And often when we're stressed, that need for togetherness or that need for space really plays out. And so you've got to talk to each other and communicate that need. Like when I'm not answering your call, it's not because I hate you. It's because I can't come right now. Oh, is it? I didn't realize I thought you were going to break up with me and that you were leaving and that you'd packed up the car with the kids and I was starting to freak out. Maybe you could just send me a text message and let me know that you're thinking of me and then I would feel calm. Yeah. Stuff like that, like just working around it. And if you're actually listening to each other, you can find out helpful ways to figure out what are your needs for personal time and space. Desire for one another grows apart. So how long apart from each other do you need to grow that desire? Is it 20 minutes a day in the morning? Is it going for a walk? Is it going to the gym? Is it going out for a cuppa or to a day spa? Yeah. Do you need a day or do you need a whole weekend, a month away from your partner to feel like I'm myself and I have a desire for you because you're different to me? That's an important thing to think about. True. Yeah. Yep. Um, we need to take a quick break. All right. So we'll be back soon here on Faith FM. Do not boast over me, my enemy. For my father is the victor Your darkness only makes him brighter He'll make me more than a conqueror When I fall, I will rise again 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 Do not glow over me my enemy Disappointments push me deeper Into dependence on my father I hold on to him, my helper When I fall, I will rise again 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 Do not rejoice over me, my enemy Every trial makes me stronger Every failure makes me wiser As he refines me in the fire When I fall, I will rise again 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 Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are here with Bethany and Chapo, and you have tuned into The Marriage Project, and this afternoon we've been talking about boundaries within the marriage. That's right. We've and covered a whole bunch of stuff. So many stuffs. <laughs> Probably some stuff that wasn't helpful just because we got sort of lost in the conversation, but... That's okay. Anyway. In the last little bit, we've been talking about how to have a difference between me versus us. And we've been talking about how you need to communicate our needs and to say, I feel I want, I need because clear is kind, but also having our partner's best interest in mind as well and not just trying to win. Um, something else to think about is when you communicate, there's different kinds of communicating. There's what's for dinner. And then there's also communications around your intimacy, your needs, the things that you have conflict over. And so sometimes you might need to have a conversation about when, where, and how do we talk about the serious issues? Is it in the kitchen? Is it when you get home from work? Is it in front of the kids? Or is it, do we need to make an appointment to talk that out a bit more Mm. rather than having a blow up right now when you're stressed coming home from work and I'm stressed doing another thing? Like, yeah, figuring out. What's a serious conversation and when do we have that serious conversation? Yeah. Yeah. So, we don't just not have serious conversations because the time never comes up or we're not trying to have a serious conversation in a context where it just doesn't work. And one of you might say, I want to talk about it right now. I need to talk about it right now because I'm thinking about it right now. And the other one might say, that's not good for me. Mm. And you might need to find the middle ground or when and where and how it works for you as a couple. Yeah. Because serious communication is emotionally tolling and taxing. It is. Yeah. But it does need to happen. And if you're the one that wants to put it off, give your partner some security and say, I can't do it right now, but this is when I can, so that it's not just some ambiguous left up in the air. I guess we're never going to talk about it for three years now sort of a thing. Another thing is you need to talk about your sex life, what you're both comfortable with. And studies have shown that talking about it outside of the bedroom is so much more beneficial for your relationship because talking about it in the bedroom brings shame, brings discomfort, brings humiliation sometimes for the other partner and yep. takes – so diffusing that needs to be taken out of the bedroom to talk about it. Go on a date night, get a babysitter, talk about it outside of the bedroom. Um, support versus responsibility. I think this is something that's really important to think about because supporting okay. your partner is important Yep. but being responsible for your partner – it's not always oh, your right. Job. I didn't know what you meant exactly, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, what so, and that's a firm boundary that needs to be in place and agreed on by both parties. Yeah, is that we support one another, we have each other's back, but whether you get your assignment finished is not on me. That's right. Whether you get to work on time, it's not my responsibility. That's right. That's yours. Yeah. I yeah. What you're saying. Exactly. And sometimes, if we've been rescuing our partner for a long time, we might need to step back and allow them to experience the natural consequences of their bad choices. And that can be really hard. Yeah. Um, but we're not responsible for our partner's happiness. We can make them happy. We can love them. But it's their responsibility to have their own happiness, to have their own emotions, and to, to also have their, their own, own Yeah, and to have their own relationship with Jesus Christ. Do and you carry really their burdens? That's a important one, yeah. Or is Jesus Christ the actual saviour of the world? Great place to finish. I know. So, I've got a Bible verse for you. Do we have time for that? We have time, just enough time for that. All right. So, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says this. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's talking about Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ... Your marriage can benefit from you 
being saved by Jesus and by knowing Jesus. And if you are constantly rescuing your spouse, maybe think about how Jesus Christ is the actual saviour of the world. And if you're constantly depending on your spouse more than they can handle, maybe think about how you need Jesus in your life. Awesome. On that note, we are going to love you and leave you. We've enjoyed being with you again this afternoon on Faith FM. We look forward to being with you again next week.